0: Greetings and welcome to Capital Weekly's regular podcast. I'm joined today by Tim Foster. Hello, Hillary McLean, longtime Democratic strategist, formerly with uh, Governor Gray Davis, and you've gone on to many other things, including what we're going to talk about today. Roger Salazar of Alsa Strategies.
1: Yep.
0: Same with Roger with Bill Clinton, Al Gore. Out here, where you worked with Hillary in the same office with uh, Governor Gray Davis.
1: Absolutely.
0: And now you're sort of reuniting again, going to be working in the same office again. That's right. Here in this building at 1215K uh, at Lucas Public Affairs. They have a suite of offices, and you guys will be sharing part of that. Um, So welcome. Thank you very much for being here.
2: Thanks for having us. And
0: another guest you're not going to hear today is Manama Scott, our uh, Capital Weekly intern, I've encouraged her. One of two
3: Capital Weekly interns. One of two,
0: good point. One of two Capital Weekly interns. And uh, she may pop in with something or may not. You're welcome to, um, but you probably won't, I can tell. uh, Oh, we
2: love interns, so we're glad you're here.
0: So, again, thanks for coming. Uh, Roger, um, uh, what's the political landscape look like now? Uh, as compared to when you first came to Sacramento, uh, I mean, first worked with the, for Davis in sure. Sacramento. You'd been here before that, but Good I right. mean, what, what, what do you see going on right
1: now? You know, there's there's it's been a, there's it's been a, a tremendous change uh, since uh, 2002. Uh, you know, uh, since actually since 2000, I came to work for Gray Davis, and uh, I believe it was early 2000. Um, and uh, uh, one of the things wow. that, that we looked at, you know, when I remember asking uh, uh, Governor Davis, sort of what the what the biggest problem he was facing, we were in his office over on, on Pico. Uh, in the, the campaign headquarters, and he kind of waved his arm, around, you know, over the la- over the landscape of Los Angeles, and said, uh, basically, it was it was the the LA school district at the time. It was uh, it was that's a big problem. We need to you know, fix the you know fix the uh, our educational system. Uh, so it's uh, it's interesting, you know that that uh, you know that some problems uh, you know are, are have improved. I think our educational system has gotten a lot better since two thousand. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, but there's still some work that needs to be done, and it's still a hot topic. Uh, on the political side you know uh um, there were a couple of things number one, you know the latino vote in in California in two thousand uh, uh was severely underperforming uh and uh, uh you know they were under ten percent at times and and uh, folks just you know they were the sleeping giant that wouldn 't never awake and and uh, we saw yeah. it wake up in this last election cycle and then finally, the other thing was uh, uh you know the dynamics are, you know we still had a uh a a republican party in california that uh, uh you know that that uh uh, um made things competitive uh, I remember Pete Wilson and uh you know Dan Lundgren uh you know, uh, um, you know got beat pretty handily by Gray Davis but uh, Bill Simon when we ran, ran in 2002 oh, okay. that was a pretty tight race as well uh you know and um that I was re- a campaign where Gary South sort of intervened yeah we did we did the, we did the you know the the primary got we, ugly. we got, got we, really ugly. we, we, met, we uh, intervened in the primary process there but I thought one of the interesting things I, I remember when Bill Simon was running and I, I said something to a reporter uh, it was George Skelton at the time uh, that uh, the the Republican Party was all but dead in California, and he found it offensive at the time. He was like, "That's you know, that's hubris. You guys shouldn't talk like that." And uh, and unfortunately, uh, for the Republicans, anyways, you know, that's what's happened. Uh, uh, you know, they become yeah. sort of irrelevant uh, in, in California politics these days. And what, uh, what did George do with that quote? Was that like the? No, he, did, he just he reprimanded mean, me. I think I was okay. a I was a young guy, and he thought I you know that uh, saying things like that was out of bounds and. Uh, yeah. uh, um, uh, you know, we've always had a good sort of back and forth. Sure, yeah. uh, um, you know, ever, ever since those days. But uh, uh, George has never been one of those types who uh, you know is shy to to let you know sort no of <laughs> what, what he sure. be, what he's feeling. And, <laughs> and uh, Hillary, and you yeah. were you were with Davis also. Do you have any thoughts about sure? Then yeah.
2: And that well, a, a concrete example of what Roger just talked about is the whole change in how we spent our July here in Sacramento, we used to always gear up for these protracted budget fights oh, that yeah, went yeah. on and on yeah. for weeks oh gosh, and sometimes yeah. months on end. That doesn't happen anymore. We have on-time budgets now. Democrats uh, align around what the budget priorities yeah. are going to be, and they get it done on time. So um, Republicans are just to kind to of on the sidelines.
0: <laughs> Is that, did it ever become law about not getting paid if the budget doesn't get passed it by? It did. It did. There okay, so was that's p- be part and, of it. Uh,
2: John, John Chung was the first one to to withhold yeah. with legislators' paychecks, and I think a lot of members of the legislature will remember that for a long, yeah. long time.
0: And Brown was a pretty much a cheapskate, as he liked to describe himself. Sure, he mm-hmm. tight with the buck. Yeah, and he wanted to get things done so he could probably get out of town or just crack a few heads or something. Well,
1: so I think it also helped that yeah, you know once, once once the Democrats started getting into that two thirds, uh, you know, threshold, uh, yeah. uh, you know, obviously that makes things a lot easier right. when, yeah. when it comes to, to themselves. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you think the coverage has changed at all? I know the the, the
0: way that. Stories are covered has changed a great deal, but at the end of the day, news is news. And I'm just wondering, th- has that changed at all? What news? What constitutes news? Has that changed? Has interactions with reporters? Has that changed at all?
1: I think there used to be a lot more in-depth coverage. Uh, you know, I thought I think the stories used to go deeper. Uh, you know, there were more reporters here to cover a variety yeah. of different topics and policy areas, and and I thought that. that you know if you looked in the newspapers uh, and even on TV to, to, to a certain extent but mostly in the in the in the newsprint uh, uh, you know you would see a lot more in-depth coverage of the different policies and issues that are out there you get a little bit more of a skimming now mm-hmm. uh, you know they'll touch on an issue and then move on to something else and I also think uh, you know the rise of the of, of, uh, in the importance of, of the internet and online media has gotten to the point now where um, Uh, It seems to me that editors are more focused on on clicks and, and, uh, uh, you know, and and, uh, um, more sensationalistic headlines uh, as opposed to, uh, you know, sort of the in-depth coverage, even if, uh, you know, the, the... um, the, the headline wasn't that great. <laughs> That's
2: Right, and few reporters have the opportunity to really get that in-depth expertise on an issue area yeah. anymore. Their their um, you know general assignment, their their turn. They're moving to different publications as sadly the industry itself changes. Mm-hmm. So um, I think we deal with reporters who have less. Grounding in a topic more often. Um, we're super glad that you're still here uh-huh. with the depth of we're knowledge that you that you both. Bring. <laughs> Maybe not for a long, but uh, <laughs> but it also you know it's nice to see new generation of of folks in the journalism industry you know coming up to the ranks. Yeah. But but just the reality is they have less knowledge coming to the topic, and so. Um, it, that does change the dynamic. It's, it's, there's more educating of uh-huh. the folks that we're dealing with on the, on the press side than sort of the jousting that I think we yeah. experience more when we work for Governor Davis.
0: Speaking of jousting, <laughs> can you think of any, any uh, particularly good examples, don't have to name names, of uh, reporters that just pissed you off? I mean, you have got to a situation where reporters, or maybe somebody had written a story that was inaccurate, you wanted a correction, uh, the reporter didn't want to do it. Who wants to do a correction? Sure. Uh, then, the, you, so you go to the editor, that pisses the reporter off, then you go to the editor, the editor ducks it too, or maybe it was something else entirely, but can you think of any examples where...
1: Well, you know, I, I have one that, go, that goes back to my campaign days, back when I was on the Gore campaign in, in, uh, in 99, or the early the early part of that, that campaign. Um, we had uh, done our, our first quarter fundraising. Uh, we had uh, we just released our numbers. I think I, I can't remember exactly the numbers, so don't hold me to it, but I believe it was something like $9 million. Uh, and at the time, it was a record first quarter fundraising uh, any presidential yeah. campaign had ever done. Um, and I got a call from a reporter from Reuters. Uh, a uh, uh, wire service reporter. A pre- wire pre- service <laughs> reporter. Okay, all right. <laughs> who, had okay. Said, uh, who had said, uh, you know, I want to get your comment on uh, the Bush campaign. Uh, their numbers came out. And I said, All right, "Well, we have record numbers, so you know, uh, what's the Bush campaign?" And he said, "Like thirty million, you know, whatever the number was, it was like that three times whatever we had we had done." And I said, uh, "Are you kidding me?" Uh, he said, "No." I said, "Well, let me let me uh, find out what I need to find out from my bosses to how we're going to respond to that, and I'll get back to you." Um, so I called uh, the chief of staff, Ron Klein, uh, at the time, and I said, "Hey, uh, um, our Bush turns out Bush raised, uh, you know." Uh, three times as much as we did, how should we respond? He said, why don't you just say, are you kidding me? And I said, what? And he's like, it's already on the wire. It's the quote had run, quoting me uh, saying the response from the Gore campaign was, are you kidding me? Uh, and uh, so I called the reporter back and I said, hey, what the heck, man? I said that was I told you I was going to get back to you. That wasn't my comment, and he said it was an honest comment, and I had to go with it. He goes and I, he goes I couldn't use the one that Pat Buchanan's sister, who was managing his campaign, said, <laughs> uh, and I said, well, what was that? And he said, the F word, <laughs> one word, the F word. <laughs> well, at least you didn't say that. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, well, all right, uh, you know. So that's one of those those things that, that you know that, that was a. Uh, I didn't like the fact that I felt like I you know that we yeah. we had a you know sort of an agreement not to to, to to discuss you know to to get quoted unless we we had uh uh, you know, given permission, but I learned at that time it's like unless you say off the record, it's not off the record, right? So uh, anything you say is usable. Um, uh, and uh, we eventually reconciled, but I was I was upset with that reporter for a little while. And that was and
3: those were accurate numbers. They really did outrage you three to one. It
1: was three to one, whatever it was. I can't remember whatever it. Whatever the number was, uh, uh, Bush had just you know crushed Oof. us. Yeah, and it was that that first quarter. It was it was it was rough. It was a rough day. <laughs> well, you could have said those Wall Street people have a lot of money. No, they did. It special it did. interest really. We, we ended up coming up with something a little more <laughs> clever than that. Uh, uh, you know, it doesn't matter how much they raise. We're gonna, still going to be able to get our message across or, you know, some other stuff. So. It'll
3: all come down to Florida. <laughs> you
1: said. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was, was like, patient. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> Hillary, do you have one? Do you remember one?
2: Well, I, I can't think of one as good as Rogers. I mean, there were a number of times where you know we, we maybe felt that the um, accuracy wasn't right on spot. And we always had to weigh whether it was worth the time, effort, and aggravation yeah. on all parties to try to get a correction on some minor details. But you know, we really worked hard to um, ensure that what came out of our mouths was accurate. And so um, that was the best that we could do. And, yeah. and there were times that we, we had to push back, but they were mostly few and far between.
1: When you push back, you do it
0: with the reporter, or do you do it with
1: the editor? We always try to do it. Uh, at least, my, I, I do. I try to, 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 to talk to the reporter first. Uh, I, you know, and I've had, you know, I've had uh, a fair amount of success in talking to a reporter and saying, "Hey, look, this is the this, this is the way you framed it. Uh, it leads to this conclusion, which is inaccurate." Yeah. You know, and I said, "You know what? I, I see your point, and uh, you know, we'll make an adjustment." Uh, so for the most part, it's been actually, uh, you know, very good. Uh, there have only been a couple of occasions where. Um, you know, where I've had to go to an editor, uh, you know, and, and go above them. My 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 first re- reaction is always to go to the reporter first, uh, mm-hmm. um, and and let them take care of it with their editor and not put them on the spot with their editor unless yeah. unless I feel the reporter was uh, 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 malicious or you know something. Sort of In that case, case, it's all fair. Right. Again. It's all fair. Right. Again.
2: <laughs> and I agree with that too. I mean, really, by the time you get to an editor and the actual technical correction runs, it's not very satisfying because yeah. you get that little box that yeah. says, you know, we were inaccurate. Here's the you know technical. Change that we're making as a correction, and it's not in context of the story, and no reader's going to go no, back and find that I little just... correction. And by then, everyone's so you now that the, really
1: well, you know, the, <laughs> really the, the hardest one I ever had, I think, uh, you know, when I was uh, first started working with the Latino Legislative Caucus, um, their uh, you know the Ron Calderon's office had just gotten raided by the FBI. <laughs> Um, and uh, no, and it, it I don't was, know why I'm uh, laughing, but no, that's it, pretty funny. No, it, and, it was, it, and, uh, um, and the Sacramento Bee had reported that the Latino caucus offices had been raided. Uh, uh, and they had been told that by the Senate uh, uh, or by the, the, the sergeant. Uh, you know that it was the Latino Caucus office, but that that was a mistake. That it was not actually the Latino Caucus; it was Ron Calderon's personal office that had been uh, raided, uh, not the Latino I remember Caucus that, office. Actually, yeah. Um, so we asked for a correction, and they said we won't correct it because the sergeant said it was the Latino Caucus. I was like, yeah, but the sergeant has later said it's wrong. He was wrong. Yeah. And they said, yeah, and we put that in the later story. I said, but there's still a headline that yeah. exists yeah. online, and it'll exist forever. That the Latino Caucus offices got raided,
3: so they wouldn't even collect, correct the online version. No, they said, you know, there there is
1: a correction in there in the next story, and I said I write, but it's not on that story, and I and, and so it was a battle that I that, that I ended up losing uh, because they just they said hey, we, you know their their feeling was that they had corrected it in the in the subsequent article, I felt that the original article lived. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. And if you searched for it, there was nothing on that if article. If that popped up in your
0: archive, yeah, you then, it's, then it's
1: like we got rated. Uh, and uh, um, yeah. and so you know, it was an ongoing battle. <laughs> yeah. I basically, uh, you know, because because the story kept popping up, and I'm just like, you gotta you gotta have something on there that corrects that. Uh, but that's you know that's the problem with the internet. Uh, uh, you know, is that once something's on there, you know, it lives forever. and and, yeah. and even if the Sacramento Bee had corrected it. If somebody else had reposted it, uh, uh, it lives on there forever. So and,
2: and headline inaccuracies are really the worst because yeah. the reporter doesn't take responsibility for what's in the headline. The editor doesn't. It's this mysterious headline like writer that no one can reach.
0: <laughs> <I laughs> As the said once it's
2: once it's in on, online, yeah. it's, it's I got this quote at
0: one time. Yeah, I got I was doing it's still a story. Our this, I was at the AP and I was doing a story on a guy who was going to be released. Uh, I guess paroled. Uh, and he involved in a particularly heinous crime. I can't remember the details, but was it was just an awful crime as a, a teenage girl he had picked up as a hitchhiker and had hurt her and went, wound up going to prison. Um, and it was sort of a cause celebre, it was just a big case. Well, I wound up, I had a great source at what was then the Board of Prison Terms, uh, an older guy who's due for retirement, by the way, but he would tell me issues about the case. I think it's okay if I mention this now. He would tell me various details and issues involving the case. And one of the issues was he could not, this this person could not get released county to county because no county wanted him. So he would show up Sacramento County. Remember nope. That. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. He, nope, didn't want him. Then he would go to Solano County. Nope, didn't want him. And I heard that he was going to Contra Costa County. Um, and I said that in a story. His next stop will be, and a lot of people are reading this because this was actually proactive, <laughs> saying right. where he's going to go. And this reporter from the Oakland Tribune called and said, "Hey, who's your source on that? Can, I want to talk." And he said, "Well, I can't do that. Yes. I'm not going to give you my source, but you're welcome to read the AP story, which was, you know." <laughs> so we got into it, and I said, "No, I, I can't tell you, but um, we're reporting. We're on the wire that it's going to be. In, he's going to be in Contra Costa County. We'll try to get there." In the, And it'll be up to Contra Costa whether whether to uh, eject him or not. And it was. They did. But his story, the next day, at the top of the Oakland Tribune, was uh, so-and-so is going to be in Contra Says Associated Press reporter, John Howard. (laughs) I told him, off the record. You can't quote me. Uh, And when we were talking, I told him that. So I don't know what to do. So I did call the editor who who blew me off. So I had a friend who was in the Oakland Tribune uh, press corps, Virgil Mybert. Right. Yeah. And... Virgil had a discussion with the reporter. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, having known Virgil and his discussions, you don't really want a discussion with Virgil. (laughs) And then he also talked to the editor, and that really was all we could do. But uh, that, along with some papers taking wire service copy and making it their own with their own bylines. Yeah. Uh, I won't get into that. Yeah, now, that's kind of oh, trust curious.
3: me, this is one third of the time in the Capitol Weekly offices. John complaining about yeah. uh, newspapers taking wire service yeah. copy and rewriting <laughs> right. it. And yeah. it's
1: important. I like. I remember growing up reading the Lodi News Sentinel, and I thought they – I was like this. They had this great reporter named Associated Press. Yeah, because they used to Who be. used that? to be <laughs> like the entire newspaper. Well, so. some of the papers that will remain uh, anonymous, like the
0: San Francisco Chronicle, uh, many many years ago, right? Uh, did that with a co- <laughs> We're, I don't, There's an old AP a gathering of AP, former AP reporters, get together once a month. And two or three of us were saying the same thing. It was the same paper. We remembered that. Uh, Interesting.
3: So, So, Roger, you work, your old boss was Al Gore. Right. And I happened to see something on Twitter today that sort of shook me, and I was quite surprised that Al Gore is now 71 years old, which makes him younger than Hillary Clinton. Younger than Bernie Sanders younger, <laughs> younger than,
1: than Donald than Trump Biden <laughs>
3: and younger than Trump yeah. and yet he's off growing a beard and doing God knows what he
1: I, seems happy doing yeah. what he's doing I, you know I ran into him uh, last summer um, my daughter had an opportunity to intern for this uh, um, climate change summit that was uh, going on in San Francisco uh, and uh, he ended up uh, speaking at it uh, um, and uh, so I uh, I went over there and um, uh, introduced them uh, my daughter and, and, uh, and Al Gore. Uh, and I said, uh, you know, uh, Vice President, Vice uh, I don't know if you remember this, but you called my wife the, uh, at the hospital when, when my daughter was born. I was like, and here she is now. You know, 19 years old. Pretty cool. Uh, You know, so he seems to be happy doing what he's doing, and um, uh, doesn't really seem to have any itch to 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 run. And uh, and it looks like we've got plenty of candidates, uh, you know, out there right now. So, (laughs) given the change in the world since then, and now, what was you know our
0: um, concern about climate change and global, and uh, you know the fact that the Earth is changing, and he was an early one to point that out in a a very. Um, if he was running again, he's
1: not that old. No, know? he's not. Uh, you know, and again, uh, it's just. Uh, I think uh, do you think I, he could do it. I, I think he could. I actually do think he could. Uh, I think you know. Obviously, running for president isn't as easy as uh, as, as Donald Trump made made it look. Uh, um, you know, uh, and uh, it's it's one of those situations where uh you know if you're gonna do it right uh you know you gotta be there's a lot of pre-planning that takes that has to take place there's a lot of ducks you have to put in a row and uh you know money you have to put together teams you have to build um, and um i think uh, um, you know if he had wanted to do it uh, and started a year ago uh, then he'd be then i think he would have been great but uh, um, you know, we've got some great candidates out there, yeah. you know, I'm personally supporting Kamala Harris, uh, uh you know, and, and I think, uh, she'd be great, uh, as president. Uh, yeah. uh, but you know, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see sort of how the, 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 democratic primary shakes out. We're, we're interested both Hillary and I, uh, as part of what we're doing for Alza, we're working with the, the state democratic party on their oh. convention okay. uh, that's oh, coming up. I was ask yeah, that's coming up. Yeah. It's coming up at the, uh, they, they've got their organizing convention coming up in San Francisco at the end of May. Uh, they have a second convention in November, uh, that is uh, um, uh, that is their nominating convention, uh, but uh, um, you know. so no, the one
0: in May. When
1: you say organizing convention, what's that mean? What yeah, happens? We have two conventions. The, the, the state party has two conventions yeah. every year. So the organizing convention, uh, you know, uh, uh, there's a couple of purposes. Number one, we're going to hear from over uh, over a dozen now presidential there's candidates. More than half okay. of the candidates are yeah. coming
2: to the California Democratic Convention. Yeah,
1: so they're going to come and talk. Uh, we're going to have an election for chair. Uh, so, oh yeah, uh, um, no, that's right. It's yeah.
3: Kimberly Ellis and Rusty Hicks, and, I think and uh, someone else. Uh,
1: there's about four or five others yeah. as well. They're going to run for for uh, for party chair. Um, uh, we are also, you know, the uh, you know the the delegates just got elected uh, um, for the assembly delegates that that uh, make up the delegation of the of the California Democratic Party. Oh, yeah. So they have okay. to they'll organize themselves into their committees, groups, etc. Um, and then. In, no, in November, we have a nominating convention uh, uh, because of um, uh, the early primary you know that's when we were able to endorse for uh, you know assembly Senate districts et cetera, those sorts of things uh, for the uh, for the march primary okay. um, and uh, uh, although we don't do presidential presidential uh, 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 the, the, the state party bylaws. Uh, state that uh, we, we uh, the the state party cannot endorse a pres- in the a pres- a presidential oh, until after the DNC selects the nominee. Are there straw polls? So I remember going to a state convention, I think in Palm Springs, when there was a straw poll. I don't think there's going to be, but uh, but you know you never
0: know. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Hillary, right now, do you, in fact, do you or both of you together, do you do campaign advice, campaign strategies? Do you do campaigns? Do you do mostly policy stuff, or a mix, or how does that work?
2: Well, I haven't done campaign work for for some time, actually, even before I met Roger. I had worked for the California Democratic Party. Oh, uh. Back in the day when um, Bill Clinton and Al Gore were being reelected for uh, president and vice president. Crikey, and that's a long time ago. That was ago. a long time ago. Um, I worked on some initiative campaigns. Yeah, which is I, weird
1: because we're both still in our 30s. Right, no, that's that's right, a, you that's know, I was just right. I was actually <laughs> you <say>, younger. <laughs> yeah, I look, really a lot younger. Hillary hasn't changed at all. Oh, oh exactly. this is the best. Roger ever changed heard. a little bit. Now I got gray hair and less hair. So
0: yeah. what do you guys you guys are taking some sort yeah, of yeah, yeah, way, a, lot, a lot of water? We love what we do. <laughs> yeah. We love
2: what we do. So, but I had worked for Bill Lockyer yeah. when he ran for attorney general okay. and he ran and was elected the same time that Gray Davis was running for governor and got elected. And so so you were on the
0: Lockyer campaign first. I was first. on the Lockyer campaign,
2: then, um, got him into the attorney general's office, worked uh-huh. there for a bit and then hopped over to join the governor's uh-huh. staff and okay. then I ended up being the longest serving person in the governor's You wanted to the leave the exciting Bill
0: Lockyer okay. and join the exciting, the ever exciting a great day You
2: know, sometimes life just works out that way, and it was an opportunity that well, ended up being fantastic. You have to remember
1: that at the time that Hillary and I were working for Governor Davis, he was on the cover of Time Magazine. Right. He was, really? uh, yeah, he, was be, really. he was being touted as the the, the you know the, the the best governor in in, in the United States, uh, uh, potential candidate for president, uh, right. the guy with a resume and experience, uh, money he, can't buy. Had, That's right. He had yeah. all that that fantastic stuff, and then uh, uh, you know, and then the energy crisis the, and the, budget, the, the, crisis. the, the budget crisis, the <laughs> dot com uh, bust. You know, yeah, it just. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know that all that uh, none of that helped.
0: Do you right. <laughs> think we learned any lessons from that time now as we as we look at budget? I think Brown
1: did. Yeah, uh, Brown
2: definitely did. Yeah, a lot of
1: rainy day stuff. A lot of making sure that we uh, you know that we hold back reserves because yeah. uh, um, the way our our system is, is set up, uh, it's going to fluctuate up and down.
3: Yeah. Speaking of this, uh time for a good plug. We have a conference on exactly that mm-hmm. tax reform conference may 22nd here in sacramento you can go on capitalweekly.net and the events page you'll see details on that yeah. and exactly one of the panels will deal with the fact that we have this boom and bust cycle that's, that's very been going important on to, for take, years to keep in years. mind yeah. and this is not a
0: shameless plug this is actually a serious plug yeah, no, no, this is our plug it's really yeah. important <laughs> yeah it actually came up when we are talking about um taxation issues This is one of the issues that always came up. It was because of the era, the Davis era there, where you had that bust. And I think it was at that time, one of the numbers I heard was 25% revenue came from capital gains, basically Silicon Valley, because all the transactions there, they basically, and maybe they still do, they own the state in large measure.
2: And there are very few, if any, members of the legislature today that lived through that. So while they obviously know the history, they haven't experienced what it feels like to have to make those kinds of cuts year after year to things that they very much believe in and care about
0: yeah. As, yeah as uh democrats we have now a lot of democrats in the legislature i mean they're coming yeah. in, in the, uh, they're coming out of the woodwork they're everywhere right uh there are a lot of democrats and you were also uh, over there in the governor's office but there are more now that's right so the super majorities of democrats how does that how does that play out do you think i mean we see
1: fracturing central valley versus coast north versus south
0: they're going to get together on
1: not you know, as much as you would think uh you know there are there are folks who are again you know, your moderate democrats your mod dems uh, uh you know uh um, you know have differences with uh you know with some of the more progressive uh, members of the of the uh, the legislature but yeah i, I think oh you know i think they for the most part at least for uh, over the last few years have been able to, to to find consensus where they need to um you know and uh, uh there have been opportunities for some of those moderate members to stay off of things and and because uh, you know, doesn't impact uh, the the overall outcome. Yeah. Um, you know, they 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 don't have to worry about it politically because because uh, they were able to stay off of it.
2: That's right, and I think the Trump administration and the policies coming out of Washington now under his administration has been a very unifying yeah. influence. <laughs> <Yeah>. Absolutely, <laughs> here in California, amongst well, the Democrats.
1: Well, and and then just again speaking of if I if I can segue into a little bit of a plug, you know, yeah. uh, uh, you know, uh, speaking of unifying, you know, Hillary and I. You know, shared an office together in uh, in Gray Davis's uh, uh, um, press operation. We actually uh, were in a very small, uh, sp- that very small space adjacent to the uh, to the press briefing room where we. That uh, must were, have been uh, hell. Yeah. <laughs> it was. A, it was a, we it had was, a good time, even a, though it was
2: close quarters. And,
1: and you know, we we learned we have sort of different styles and sort of how sure, we approach yeah. things. Uh, uh, but I think uh, uh, we complement each other very well. Um, this is one of the reasons I think it's, it's fantastic that she's joining the Strategies as a partner. Uh-huh. Uh, I think uh, um, you know, but, uh, together we're going to be a, a, a a great team and and uh, uh, hopefully we continue to be able to do some outstanding communications work for our clients.
0: Okay. Well we can
1: fix that next time around. That's
0: not a problem. So, Roger Salatar, thank you very much. No problem, thank you. Pilgrim Claim, thank you very thank much. You. This Foster, fun. Thank you. Tim Foster, thank you. Emma, who didn't say a word, thank you very much. Thank you. And this here. is John Howard of Capital Weekly. We'll touch base next time around. See you.
3: The Capital Weekly podcast is supported by TASSEN, the tribal alliance of sovereign Indian nations.